My name is Ryan Miner. I'm the host of a Minor Detail podcast. I report on Maryland political news at a minordetail.com. A Minor Detail is a startup media outlet dedicated to bringing Marylanders a multimedia experience. Our platform is painstakingly fair. We're nonpartisan and independent. We're not beholden to donors or big advertisers. We're interested in the facts in every story. We're interested in finding the truth. This year, A Minor Detail and its podcast turns five years old. A Minor Detail covers trending Maryland political news. We keep politicians honest, we don't play favorites, and we certainly don't bullshit you. We encourage you to support local news, and it's up to you to decide how to use it and how to make sense of it. Now, let's talk about the news. But while you guys are figuring that out, I'm going to do a some quick housekeeping. Here's the thing with podcasts as they grow, and Lynn loves to say that I'm, I have the preeminent Maryland podcast and uh, for politics. And you know what, Lynn, I used to be kind of shy about saying that, and I'm starting to think that that just might be true. But I can't, I can't forget about my friends, Baltimore Positive and Elevate Maryland. We did a joint podcast on Wednesday night. We talked about the 2020 election. It went really well. I'm going to post that on a minordetail.com. A minordetail.com should be live streaming. And if you go there, you can find our live stream. And I also encourage you to visit a minordetail.com slash newsletter. Sign up for a minor details newsletter. And I want to just do some quick housekeeping. The podcast tonight is sponsored by Care Plus Home Health. Care Plus Home Health is one of Maryland's leading home care and home health agencies that provides home care options for aging seniors, assisted and independent living communities. And they are the go-to home health agency for anyone discharging from a hospital or a skilled nursing center. You know, folks who are listening, the COVID-19 pandemic I, I think it's turned our worlds upside down, and sometimes we forget how that affects senior citizens. And I've noticed, and you may have noticed as well, that seniors, at least some of them, they're experiencing depression, they're experiencing anxiety, they're losing weight, they're not getting enough water, they're not getting, they're losing muscle mass. Some seniors aren't even getting enough proper nutrition, and I, it's happening in my family. And the reality is that seniors are at home, they're self-isolating, they're not exercising, and this is critical. They're, an, they're at an increase for a fall risk, and that could land them into a hospital and a skilled nursing facility. Nobody wants to go there. Um, and you know what, guys? It's tough because my, my mother-in-law, she's in Florida. She's in her early 70s. We haven't seen her since New Year's Day. We're happy that she's safe and healthy, but still, I miss her. My, my wife really misses her. The kids miss her. So if you are interested in home care, home health, Care Plus can help families assist in assisted living communities as well. So think of your aging parents who may be at home and just need some extra help around the house with any personal care. That Care, care Plus Home Health, they're based in Montgomery County, but they service all of Maryland. They are your shoulder to lean on during this crisis. Call them today at 240-888-9063. That's 240-888-9063 or visit its website at careplusinc.com. And when you're inquiring about home care for yourself, your spouse, a family member, or your neighbor, a friend, let them know that you heard about Care Plus on a Minor Detail podcast, and you will receive a special discount. How about that, Foxwell? We got some sponsors finally. I love it. The money's rolling in, baby. True. I don't know, man. I, I don't know about that. But 
You know, also like and subscribe for a minor detail podcast. I'm on iTunes and iHeartRadio and Spotify or uh, wherever the heck you listen to podcasts, Google Podcasts, I'm on there. And uh, like I said, subscribe to our newsletter. I try to send it out once a day by 7 o'clock. It arrives in your inbox. We're going to grow this thing, man. Maybe I'll make a few bucks here. Everybody thinks that I'm like some wealthy guy making money off of a minor detail. And what they don't realize (laughs) is that Lynn Foxwell knows that this is a labor of love. No, but Ryan, I just want to I just want to clarify for all your fans out there, your yeah. watchers and your listeners, that while the money is going to start coming in, <laughs> what's never going to change is your commitment to independent, local grassroots journalism. Yeah, that's what got you to this point. You call them as you see them, with neither fear nor favor. Uh, you are still just about the toughest damn interview that I've dealt with in 25 years in this business, and. But I can also I can always say that even though you're tough, you've always been objective. You've never played gotcha politics, and I think those have been critical elements of your success. I appreciate it. I look it, and civic and economic leadership of our state, as well as ordinary citizens who just want objective, fact-based journalism. Well, so, you know, you know I I appreciate it. Um, and we're look and anybody who <clears throat> signs up to do a uh, maybe a, a sponsorship or runs an ad on this show. The first conversation that I have is that no matter what I say, I'm never going to bend or or break. And what I say is what I say. And if you can live with that, uh, this is a podcast. We talk about real issues. They're tough issues. And if you think I'm going to embarrass you, then you this might not be the show that you want to go on. Um, but no less, we're gonna go. We're gonna go ahead and get started. Um, hey, Foxwell, I heard that you have a couple of friends in Easton uh, in that Facebook group that might have a, a couple of questions about this Talbot Boys thing. Well, we prefer not to call it the Talbot Boys. Yeah. How about traitors? To we, the- just, we just call it the Confederate statue. Yeah. Talbot, I, I think for you know, over 100 years now, we've been romanticizing and glorifying this horrible piece of granite uh, and marble. Let's just call it what it is. It is a it is a monument to white supremacy, to slavery, and to an act of treason against the United States of America. Uh, Those boys that went to war and took up arms against the United States, they may have been born and raised in Talbot County, but they weren't our boys. Uh, um, so, so let's call it let's call it what it is. It's a Confederate statue. And I assure you, I'm so glad that Corey Pack, our county council president, is on with us this evening. He can talk about this in far greater detail than I can. But that thing is living on borrowed time. It is coming down. Lynn, thanks for that introduction. And I hope that you and Corey and Winnie and uh, we also have Richard Deshay Elliott, who is going to talk about Richard, I think, got a haircut. I think. Yes. All right. Yes. I I moved back to Bowie and one of the first things I had to do was get a haircut before it was far out and took too long to comb. So now I'm looking uh, 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 gubernatorial again. (laughs) Yeah, I like he's a politician now. He's got to look respectable. Well, of course, Richard was uh, made his debut. uh, Well, not his debut, but I was the first show that he announced that he is running for state delegate over in was it District 24? Two twenty four. District twenty four. You could just say in Prince George's County because okay. with redistricting, who knows what could happen? Well, who knows what's going to happen? And, and then, and, and I kept a promise. I told you I would start with a small with a small business podcaster, 
So I started with you and I will continue to give you copy because you ask great questions and you, uh, and you're not afraid to go after anybody. You'll go after me. You'll go after Francho. <laughs> you'll go after the machine. Just a few of us have the merits where we'll answer your questions. Well, look, it's it's. <laughs> I appreciate that, and it, the goal is not to go after people, but just to get to the facts. Um, and the, the so we have a newcomer to the podcast, but certainly not a newcomer to social media and to state politics. I'll I'll let her introduce her, herself, tell her just a brief bio, and then why she's here tonight. Over to you, Winnie. Hey, everybody. Um, thanks, guys, for inviting me to be on tonight. I'm Winnie Roach, a longtime uh, tourism professional, uh, Eastern Shore native, uh, um, native of Cambridge, uh, but I now live up here in Hartford County in Haber de Grace. I'm the former executive director of the Maryland Tourism Coalition, uh, also former uh, tourism director in Dorchester County. And I guess I've lived in a few places around the state and, um, concerned with this issue. Um, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's sending a good message. Um, but in general, you know, I'm, I'm concerned with how it affects tourism and, um, just in general, the message it sends to all citizens in the, in the state of Maryland, particularly in, in Talbot County. Well, thank you for coming on tonight. I'm glad that you're here. And we have on the line with us, we have Corey Pack, and he is serving his third elected term on the Talbot County Council after having been appointed in 2017 to, or rather 2007, to fill a vacancy. And uh, Mm -hmm. Councilman Pack is currently uh, Council President. He is the president of the Talbot County Council, and he's going to talk and unwind this issue. And uh, I have one more person. I'm not sure who this is, but it says Mark's iPhone. I'm hoping it's Mark McClure. Oh, McClure. Oh, man. Uh There it is. It just got real. Oh, here we we go. Oh, man. Hey. Look at this. Look at this. The whole whole Easton group just exploded with fur, you know, fur. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. You know, they think that we're we're these outsiders, (laughs) these interlopers that are coming down to Easton and ruining their racist statue. Yeah. Right. So it, it just destroys their entire way of life by moving a statue to half a mile away. Well, we pretty fragile, pretty fragile life. Mark McLaren is no stranger to a minor detailed podcast. And, you know, Mark and I, just real quickly, 30 seconds on this, Mark and I started off as, as primal enemies, and then we became, <laughs> and then we, we sort of said, hey, we, uh, we have a lot in common on some of these issues, and then we became pretty good friends, and I'm glad he's here tonight. He came on the pod. I'm, 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 I'm hoping me and the members of the Easton group will follow that same trajectory, Ryan. Yeah, well, that's... I expect to be at, I expect to be at their weddings. I, I, you know, Not too late, by the way, for Bobby Cordell. <laughs> by, by, by the end of the night, we're all going to be whistling. We've got so listening. Uh, if not for a shareholder meeting or something, uh, there's room on the podcast. Mm, well, all right, guys, let's kick this thing off. Um, we've uh, we've done enough introductions here. All right, so uh, Council President Pack and Len and Winnie, yeah. and then I'll have the other uh, some other folks jump in. Let's unwind this issue. Tell me about the Talbot Boys statue. What is it? Where is it? What's going on with it? And what happened recently 
in Talbot County. By the way, for anybody who's listening, it's where I got married. It's where I got engaged. Anybody who thinks that I'm not serious about buying a house down there, my wife and I are like already looking. I told Foxwell that we could be potentially neighbors someday, and uh, then the conspiracies would really fly that uh, you know we're in cahoots together. But uh, you know, Talbot County is very dear to my heart, and we shop there. We we spend a lot of money there. We support those local businesses. It's our vacation destination. It's where we go and where some of our most wonderful memories have been celebrated. So I I love the community. So tell me, what's what has this community up in sure. arms, Councilman? Sure, but Ryan, thank you for inviting me on the show, and, and Lynn, thank you for for the introduction. Uh, this sounds like a very exciting time. I don't know whether this is a podcast or a party line, but it sounds like a very fun time that you guys have. So uh, I'm I'm glad to be a part of this evening. Um, the the Talbot Boys statue has been uh, here in Talbot County uh, over 100 years. It was erected in 1916 by the Daughters of the Confederacy. Um, if you go back and look through your history books, uh, you will find that this group came came north, um, and they came into northern states and started erecting statues of Confederate monuments around courthouses, uh, public school buildings, and other parks uh, along the northern border states uh, of the Confederacy. Um, they did well over 100 statues that I know of um, throughout, throughout the United States. And the Talbot Boy statue was one undertaking that the Daughters of the Confederacy um, put here. Uh, it wasn't without its own controversy back in, in 1916. Uh, there was a vote that was taken amongst the citizens, uh, and the prevailing vote was to go ahead and, and do a Union and Confederate statue, actually. Um, but for some reason that the history doesn't tell me, uh, the Union statue was never built. Uh, so all we were left is the Talbot Boy statue. Um, a lot has transpired, as you know, since 1916 here in the United States. Of course, we had the uh, civil rights movement of the 1950s and the 1960s. Uh, we had uh, all of the uh, Vietnam conflict that came about after that. And uh, we also were faced with a, a systemic problem of police brutality in a lot of minority communities in the United States that unfortunately is still happening still today. Um, to, a lot of, to a lot of Americans, to a lot of Tabacanians, uh, these statues, these monuments uh, romanticize or, uh, if you would, uh, promote a, a lifestyle or a cause um, that is no longer uh, looked upon uh, by many Americans as one that we should hold um, hold in, in, in so high esteem. Uh, the Confederacy, for whatever reason, these boys went off to fight, um, was for a, a, a wrong cause. Uh, I remember a former pastor of mine, uh, he gave a sermon one time on being sincerely wrong. You can be very sincere about something, um, but the action in which you take is a, could be a wrong action. And unfortunately to me, uh, this was a wrong action to raise arms against the Union um, at that time. So uh, let's fast forward. Uh, five years ago, I was on the council. Uh, the NAAC here in Talbot County came before the Talbot County Council. This was after the uh, church shooting down in South Carolina. And they were asked, they asked us at that time to remove the Talbot Boy statue. Um, I was president then of the council, and um, I was tasked with writing a, um, a finding um, back to the NLACP. I did so, 
and the council's um, decision back then was to leave the statute in place. And I was a part of that, that majority vote. Um, I have since then uh, had a change of heart. I have apologized to um, the public uh, for my vote back then. Uh, I felt that I was wrong in my reasoning. I was wrong in the conclusions that I came to. And I was wrong for not uh, fully understanding uh, the hurt and the harm that this statute causes uh, citizens here in Tarbert County when they come into the courthouse. I was not getting giving that uh, enough enough uh, credit in my, in my thinking. Uh, so I've since then apologized. I've since then had a change of heart uh, and, and also a change of thinking uh, to believe that if it is time uh, for the Tyler Boy statue to come down here in Tarbert County, it sits prominently on the courthouse grounds, the circuit courthouse grounds here uh, uh, in Easton. Uh, you can't miss it. It sits right across from uh, the statue of Frederick Douglass that was erected in uh, 2011. And um, it, some people may say it, it tells a balanced story, but Douglass on one side and, and the Confederate statue on the other side. Um, I, I disagree. Um, I, I think that that Confederate statue could be placed uh, somewhere off of public grounds, either in a cemetery or another uh, location. Uh, where uh, persons who wish to go and find out about that statue can do so, uh, but not on the, the courthouse grounds. Yeah. So um, we had a vote recently, um, uh, Resolution 290, uh, which uh, it was a resolution that I put forward to this council asking for the removal of the Tyler Boy statue. Um, the initial resolution that I put forward was just for the statue to come down and not the base. Um, I, I thought about that and had some other conversations with some other individuals and then uh, amended that resolution to a call for both the statue and the base to be removed. Uh, Councilman Pete Lesher uh, worked along with me. Uh, he added uh, two more uh, amendments. Uh, one would call for the um, establishment of a fund, which both public and private money could be put into for the removal and replacement of the statue. Uh, the second amendment, uh, call for the statue to be uh, appropriately traded and stored until such time as another location could be found for it. Uh, so we, we also, uh, let me also add, uh, he also put an amendment along with my amendment to remove both statues from base mm -hmm. um, to strike any, um, any language dealing with um, the George Floyd incident in, in Minneapolis. Um, uh, this was at the request of Councilman DeVillio who wanted that language removed. Um, I, I, I agree with it. I said that the, the, the statue uh, conversation stands on its own. It really doesn't need the information on George Floyd in, in the resolution. Um, and we can proceed without that, that language. But we did so uh, in hopes of garnishing uh, Mr. DeBilio's support and vote uh, for removal of the statue. As a matter of fact, both amendments that Mr. Uh, Lesher put forward what were after conversation with Mr. DeVillio. So we were hoping to have that third vote in hand. Uh, unfortunately, uh, two Tuesdays ago, it, it did not go that way. Um, I was very, um, I, I was very heartbroken. I, I will tell you honestly, uh, I was very heartbroken um, because I was hoping, I was hoping that uh, we would have that third vote to remove the statue. Mm -hmm. um, it was time, uh, the, the calls that we got, the letters that we received, we received the petition with over 300 names on it asking for the removal. Uh, we had public hearing. 
um, there was overwhelming, overwhelming uh, support for removal during the public hearing process. Uh, and the and the excuse or the uh, or the um, decision that the other council members came up with um, using the COVID-19 as a reason why it shouldn't be done now, uh, using the fact that we couldn't have people come before us and give us face-to-face -face testimony, um, and, and, and my opinion was just disgraceful. It, it was um, just dis a, a disingenuous reason for not voting um, for that statute's removal. So um, that's, that's where we are. And, and right now, I don't know where the path forward lies. Um, some council members have called for it to be put on the ballot uh, in 2022. Uh, you would need a four-fifth uh, vote from the council to do that. Uh, I've already gone on record saying that I will not vote for the ballot question. I think as an elected official, it's up to the council to make that decision and not push it back on the people. So um, if um, if they don't have four-fifths uh, vote, it, it won't go on the ballot. It would have to be that next council's decision to remove that statute. Well, it's interesting that the statue literally represents what three-fifths of a person used to represent if we're going to do uh, fractions here. Uh, and I want to say that I, so I know Councilwoman uh, Price. I invited her on the show. I did not receive a response. Uh, she's a prominent figure in Mako. I believe Councilwoman Price uh, voted against removing the statue, correct? Yes, yeah, that's correct. Okay, so it was three to two. So uh, mm -hmm. aside from, and I haven't talked directly with, I've, I've asked questions uh, unfortunately, I have not received any responses. Uh, so my, my question is, is that do they think that this is just going to go away? Because I know this podcast is going to talk about it uh, to the chagrin of certain Facebook groups. And I, I know that it's an issue that I think that we shouldn't let go for the same reason that we shouldn't let go of having the Roger Taney statue that was once on the state house grounds that was right. removed in the right. middle of the freaking night. And Governor Hogan just said, look, I'm done with this thing. It's gone. We're going to get the historic trust or preservation, got rid of that thing. And it takes political courage to do this stuff. And Talbot County, I know it's a conservative place. I grew up in Washington County. There's an Antietam battlefield. I, I believe that statues in context, probably should stay on a battlefield instead of public grounds, especially. I didn't want to see that thing when I walked out holding my marriage license because, remember, I mean, how was it? A hundred years ago, women couldn't vote. African Americans couldn't right. vote. And that right there mm -hmm. on, a, on, a, on the grounds of a court, of before a court, equal justice under the law, there is nothing equal about what that statue represents and I just don't understand the mentality. It's like, I am, what is it? Like, is it political ideology? And by the way, Councilman, you're a Republican, aren't you? I am, yes. Uh, so I, I don't, I just don't understand why keeping this thing up would be, I, I guess, ideal. So I don't know, Winnie, what do you, what do you make of it? Well, <clears throat> I think it should come down. <laughs> um you know, it sends the wrong message for anybody that passes by this, this statue. If you're going in to the court and you're, you're going in to seek some sort of justice, you've got to pass by this statue. 
Um, and then let's think about the hundreds of thousands of visitors, probably more than a million now that come to Talbot County. And they go there to see the, uh, all the wonderful attractions, but they also go there to see the Frederick Douglass statue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I guess I can't think of anything worse than people not discovering Talbot County. I think it would be far worse that they go there and somehow are insulted. They, they come away with the wrong message that this county supports racism. And I mean, let's not forget that, um, you know, visitors, yeah, they're coming in, they're spending their money. I mean, they're spending millions and in, into adding into the tax base in Talbot County. And not only that, they buy homes, they buy second homes, they buy uh, property, they open small businesses. So, I mean, you're talking about, um, you know, really, you know, uh, being out of step for a county that prides itself on its image well, and has really capitalized on its image. Tell but, 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 yeah, go ahead, Councilman. But, but I think, Ryan, I think you, you hit on it earlier when you talked about having the political carriage, having the carriage to do the right thing. And, and, and listen, uh, I, I've been doing this now 13 years. Um, and, and, and sometimes doing the right thing is, is difficult and doing the right thing isn't popular and doing the right thing doesn't garnish you tears and, and, and pats on the back. Yeah. Um, I remember back when we, Talbot County led the charge in banning smoking in public buildings. We were the first county to enact a no no smoking in public buildings. That, was no, that wasn't an easy task to do. I mean, we had restaurant owners and and, and uh, VFW lodges and, and Legion lodges coming in front of us saying, hey, if you do this, we're going to put us out of business. It was the right thing to do. It was a tough thing to do. I remember when Talbot County, when we rewrote our liquor laws, we banned um, buying alcohol where petroleum products are sold. Mm -hmm. uh, we banned um, alcohol in, in, in pharmacies with, with the exception of Rite Aid, which was grandfather then. And we made it so that uh, grocery stores wouldn't become these big warehouses for um, for, for beer and, and liquor, and we uh, were beer and wine, and they had to only use a percentage of their store space uh, uh, for that that product. Um, again, it wasn't an easy thing to do, but it was the right thing to do because Tarpa County back then was leading the leading the state. Little old Tarpa County was leading the state when it came to substance abuse amongst juveniles, and uh, our youth were were leading in self-reported uh, use of marijuana, marijuana and cocaine, and we had to do something um, to to write this, to write this, 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 this wrong. So doing the right thing takes care of, as you touched on, Ryan, and it's not always the easy and the popular thing to do. But if you're doing it for the right reasons, and in this particular case, um, uh, to preserve a, um, a Confederate culture and, and mindset and tradition, that's not the right reason uh, to vote to keep the statue up. Um, and using the excuse of the pandemic, as uh, why you can't vote for it now, uh, when we when we've been voting on things ever since we started the we, we went into our emergency declaration on March the 16th, and we've been voting uh, on, on budgets. We voted on on increasing the sheriff's department salary. We voted on a number of things uh, since uh, since our emergency declaration mm -hmm. was filed back on March 16th. But yet and still, when it came to this subject, council members were saying, oh, no, we can't vote on this. Well, we can't vote on this. Now. A couple of things. Yeah. One is that over the last five years in this podcast has been uh, an evolution. It, it's It's been a personal evolution for me because I started out on a 
on, on the opposite side of issues. And then uh, I, I thought about this on my drive home from Hagerstown tonight, and we're celebrating my grandmother's 88th birthday this evening. And I thought about this, and I, I looked over at my wife and I said, I... I didn't know where I wanted to take this podcast when I started. I wanted to build some sort of platform. But this podcast and many others have to be a platform where we confront uncomfortable truths, not only about policy, but about about ourselves, especially this past year where a guy like me who grew up in a middle class family in Hagerstown, I didn't I really didn't know a whole lot of black people growing up and confronting these these privileges issues that we have and it's been hard for my friends of color and I look at them and they say sometimes uh, years ago they'd say well you just don't get it you don't understand it you, you're not you, you you haven't lived a day in my shoes and I would say well but but, but I, I use the old but what about you know what about and it's like well hold on a second this podcast has to be a self-exploration of who we are and what kind of country we, we, we want to be. And as people who haven't lived the same experiences, we have got to confront our own biases. And it's not liberal. It's not progressive. It's not socialism. or com- This is real life. This is the podcast that a minor detail has to be going forward. And we have to use this to have honest discussions. Foxwell, over to you. Well, I think that Councilman Pack has done an amazing job of unpacking the, no pun intended, <laughs> the underpinning morality. <laughs> uh, this, is, this statue is nothing more than a tribute, a monstrous tribute to slavery, white supremacy, a social and economic system that was predicated upon the enslavement, brutalization, rape, and murder and dehumanization of an entire race of people based on the color of their skin. And right now, Talbot County is the last bastion of state of, of government sanctioned Confederate. <coughs> I want to unpack that. Uh, right now, Talbot, right now, the last Confederate monument in the state of Maryland that is on government property is the Talbot Boys statue located at the Talbot County Courthouse. Ryan, when you had, when you invited me and Winnie and Corey and uh, Mark and Rich onto the show this evening, uh, you said we were gonna talk about two things. What led up to the decision? And I think Corey did an amazing job of walking us through the backstory. And then what comes next? Yeah. And let me just say, the night that that vote was taken, it was a Tuesday night and my phone exploded hmm. before the night hmm. was over i had over 150 texts facebook messages emails phone calls and it just kept going for the next several days and it wasn't just people in talbot county i know there are a lot of folks in easton who and in communities throughout talbot county that live in a bubble and think that what happens in talbot county stays in talbot county and it's just not the case when he, when he uh, raised an important issue, I want to circle back to it. Talbot County is one, is one of the most heavily dependent jurisdictions in the state of Maryland on tourism and hospitality. When you talk about the, 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 uh, the, the percentage of tourism and hospitality revenues raised as a percentage of overall GDP, 
Talbot County ranks second only to Queen Anne's County mm -hmm. in the state of Maryland. Our wow. economy is built and sustained by tourists, weekenders, day trippers, second home buyers, retirees from metropolitan Washington, Philadelphia, <laughs> New York. Those are four media markets in which this story has played. They're seeing this right now. And there's in these people who come to, who were attracted to Talbot County and who have come to Talbot County and have and invested capital in Talbot County based on its hard-earned brand as a vibrant cosmopolitan center of commerce <coughs> and art and fine dining and waterfront entertainment, the Hamptons of the state of Maryland, if you will. <laughs> now we're being portrayed in those same metropolitan markets as a cultural backwater, the last death rattles of the Confederate States of America. And on top, on top of being grossly immoral for all the reasons we've, we've gone through at this point in the show, it's also <coughs> terribly off-brand. And when you're talking yeah. about consumer-based economics, your brand is everything. And right now, we are doing severe, if not irreparable damage to the Talbot brand, and we are going to feel a consequence. Well, then, let me ask you this, and I want to bring in Mark and then uh, Richard. There are people, and I followed the conversation as best as I could on the group, and there are, a, let's just call it out, there's a lot of white guys and white folks that look like us on the Eastern group that are saying, just leave it alone. Why now? Why do we have to do it now? What's the harm? Put it to the ballot. Let the people decide. The council decided it's over. It's done with. And why is Lynn Foxwell pushing this? Why is Lynn Foxwell angling for a cabinet position? I laughed at that one. That was a that was hilarious. Um, you know, that was my favorite. Yeah. Oh, that was that was a beaut. Why is why are these people? Why are Black Lives Matter out here doing this stuff? They're disrupting our safe environment where we can still look at a racist statue to a bunch of treasonous losers, and it just should stay the same. And somehow they wrap this up in what's called conservatism. And I don't even know what the hell that means anymore, because conservatism is not the William F. Buckley style of conservatism. It's the Donald F. Trump conservatism, which is just a, a bland of... Throwing, it's the equivalent of throwing something at the wall and seeing what sticks and seeing what can be tossed into the heap of whatever to become a culture war. It's just like, you know, it's the same as, oh, we can't believe the football player is taking a knee because, God forbid, we can't open our minds to understand that <laughs> this guy has a platform and that there are African, there are injustices within the African American community. So, I don't know. I mean, Mark, what do you think? What do you? What's your take on all this? So, so for me, um, I think that one of the things that I wonder, and one of the things that I that I value about towns like Easton, and one of the things that I think, not to bring presidential politics into it, but one of the things that we've gotten so far away from in the Trump era is this notion of like of this neighborliness, you know, of of real empathy for each other across party lines, across racial lines. I mean, I liken this to take the hot button issue away of the Confederacy, take away the hot button issue of racism and slavery and all the rest of that. If I had a 
cologne that I wore that I liked but didn't really care about. But it gave my neighbor, you know, asthma attacks or they, they cry or they broke out in hives or, you know, how difficult would it be for me to say, well, I'll try something else or I won't. This is what I think about the statute is that if you're a real neighbor, even if you think it's silly that black people or people of conscience are upset about it, if I'm, it, 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 it's like in terms of the balance of equities, what does it hurt you to move it to a historic site so it's not somewhere where if I want to access my government, I have to walk past it? I really don't understand. Most, most issues I envision, I see the other side. I don't see the other side of this one. I mean, unless you are actually a Talbot boy. And I'll tell you what, last thing. Can we please retire the name Talbot boy? Because that is so innocuous sounding hmm. that I think it works against us in the first instance. We ought to call it what it is, like Len said, which is a peon to, to, to American traders, you know, or something like that. Because, but, you know, like, but I really would like to explore further this idea that, you know, Easton, Talbot County, like we, we're neighbors, you know, this really, it's very painful and psychically damaging to your neighbors. Why not move it even if you don't completely get it? Yeah, I mean, what's the harm? I, I, and here's the thing is, what can, is this thing going to, eventually, I, I, I'm not, and I'm not advocating for this because I think that we have to, look, I don't want to say somebody's going to tear it down, but there's a real possibility that this thing could be torn down, and I'm not advocating for that. Please understand that. But it, people have a funny way of taking things into their own hands, and we have seen what injustices have caused. And people want to mistake right. the Black Lives Matter movement for everything that it's not. And I, I just think that this, this, this thing is... It's going to keep happening, and it's going to stay on the minds of people. And despite what a lot of these probably well-meaning folks who say just leave it alone, who still haven't taken it in their hearts what it means to someone who's black in our country, it's like they don't mm -hmm. get it. Something else down the line is going to happen. Richard, what do you think about this? So I, I'm just in the Easton group to like make jokes basically and be and be accused of uh, of manipulating my comptroller connections to oh. control the Easton water supply uh, and nonsense like that. It's mostly just to like when you confuse people, they stop responding. Pretty pretty standard formula. Um, uh, I agree with Mark basically and and with you um, that if they don't do something about this sooner rather than later. Either A, it'll just get torn down like recently happened with the Columbus statues, or B, and B is the is probably the worst scenario. Somebody like Andy Harris or Nino Mangioni or somebody else like that is gonna turn this into their latest like situation to milk. And it's it's just I'm not even gonna I'm gonna say it's mostly opportunism from a lot of like the people with actual power. It's a very easy cause to say, <clears throat> look what they're doing, they're destroying our culture. They're destroying our history. Give me, uh, give me campaign donations and a and a headline, and I'll fight for you. Well, so, yeah, I want to bring, I want to just bring right, that point up into into position yeah. here, and I'll bring in the rest of the crew. Richard, you named Andy Harris. Andy Harris, I don't know if he's taken a position on this, but where are the state Republican leaders who represent yeah. Talbot County? Where is and God bless him, but where's Johnny? Uh, you know, down at Carpenter Street. 
I mean, he's a good guy. Where is uh, what's his name? Matt? Is it Matt Morgan? Matt? Um, oh, what's the Chris Adams. Yeah, Chris, a- Adams. Chris Adams. Where's Addy Eckert on this? Sure. What do you think, Councilman? I, I don't know. I mean, I I, I, I don't know. I know that 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 Andy Harris has taken a position on it to keep the statue in place. Um, to go back to Surprise. your statement, Ryan. It, oh, no, it it is, it is not going to go away. I think the, the voice of the millennials is a real voice, is a strong voice. They're not going to let this go away. They're not going to let those council members who voted to keep the statue uh, stay in office in 2022. Um, it is it is going to be addressed and dealt with either by this council or the next council. Trust me. Um, I look. I, I got a phone call from a woman uh, about a month ago, and she was she was berating me on the phone about what why was I dragging my feet? Why don't I just take this thing down like they have done in Baltimore City and other places? Mm-hmm. And I was trying to explain to her that there is a process that I want to see happen. I want to see happen where the council goes through a process of voting to remove the statue and remove the statue um, safely without anyone being harmed or injured and take it to another location where if, if, if people want to go out and see it, either at, at Spring Hill Cemetery or another location here in the county, they can do that. So, uh, but she was berating me on the phone about dragging my feet. Why was I taking so long? Other places have done it overnight, as, as was mentioned here on this, on this podcast. But that, that is not what I want to see. I don't want to see someone throw a chain around this thing and drag it down the middle of Washington Street. That's not the way that, that it should be done. It should be done through a, through a process where the council takes a vote, brings in a contract, and remove it safely and store it somewhere else until we can find a place for it. And all those amendments that Mr. Lesher put in place would have done just that. Well, that makes sense to me. And I don't understand. I mean, do you guys have some sort of relic battlefield where you put – you know, racist relics on the ash heap of history in a in a designated spot. Where where would this thing go or end up if it's taken down? The harbor. I, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to you, yeah, yeah Richard. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we we we, we did approach the the historic society here in East, and and they and they did not want to take it. Um, uh, I I don't know if Spring Hill Cemetery was ever approached, but. Um, but, but that would have that would have been uh, a, a conversation that the council should have would, would have have undertaken to see where the statue could have be could be relocated to. There were quite well, I wouldn't say quite a few. There were one or two private citizens who offered to take it and put it on their property. No, um, but so no. Well, that would become a, a cr- nice Christmas ornament. Let me let me bring in you in a second, Mark. But um, when. It, I don't want anyone to miss the salient point that we're talking about here, especially for the economics of this, especially from the tourism angle of this statue. And here it is. People like myself and my wife, we come down to Talbot County and we love to spend money there, whether it's on Tillman Island or St. Michael's. We go to every restaurant. We love to spend money at the annual Waterfowl Festival. I love coming down to Snifters and have. I've been there once, but COVID has prevented me from coming down. You had a great time when you were there, right, Ryan? I, I did. I had a little pizza, and this was last September. It was pizza and a beer um, on a Friday afternoon. So I, I love coming to Talbot County, but we can't lose the fact that it's still there. It represents the the town. It represents the the community. And people could say, listen, I don't want to go down here. What kind of place is this? What 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 kind of place? So yeah, and, and Ryan, you're right, and we and we're already getting letters to that effect. And Wendy knows exactly what I'm talking about in tourism. 
you know, if, if, if the word gets out up and down the East Coast that Talbot County is the last place where a Confederate statue stands on public ground, that word is going to get out. Yeah. On September the 1st, we are, we, we are doing a dedication at the Frederick Douglass Park on the Tuckahoe um, where we're having Lieutenant Covenant come in. We're having a Secretary of, uh, um, of DNR coming in. Jenny Hathaway Ricky will be there with us. The well Secretary of Commerce is going to be there with us and some other dignitaries from the state. As we unveil these uh, uh, four plaques um, in honor of Frederick Douglass, telling the story of his life. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 this is the, the, the tale of two uh, tale of two cities. You're going to have those same council members who voted against taking down that statue, right? They're going to come up there September the first and pose for every picture around us, around Lieutenant Governor, uh, regarding the, the, the Frederick Douglass unveiling of those statues in honor of, in honor, and get this, the second annual Underground Railroad Month here, uh, as we kick it off here in Talbot County on September 1st. You're going to have those same council members come up, throw their arms around the lieutenant governor at the, at the park at the Tuckahoe. How disingenuous is that? You vote, you vote two weeks ago not to take down the statue as a symbol of, of, of slavery and racism, but yet you want to run up there for a photo op on September the 1st. Oh, it's, it's, that's, that'll be the most disgusting display. And we know how that goes down when you have your elected show up and they put on their Sunday best, and they show up, and they smile, and they wave. Really, what they're doing—I mean, it's one of the most disgustingly disingenuous things that we see in politics all the time. And you are exactly right, Councilman. And I hope I'm down there on September 1st, where I can come down there. And I'm going to put a camera in the th- in the faces of the three councilmen and say, "You want to hug and kiss and and be co- well." I don't think there's going to be hugging and kissing with COVID, but you know, you want <laughs> right, to no. you, you want to show your gratitude and you want to be gracious and dignified in front of the Lieutenant Governor of Maryland, who's an African American, and. You want to call out the greatness of Talbot County, but you vote to keep this statue in place, and and you use some lame-ass excuse about COVID. Give me a break. Come on, guys. Give me a break. And you know what? I got to say this. I know Laura Price. She's a friend of mine. Shame on her. She won't come on this show. She won't respond to my messages. We have a good friendship going, and I want to say that she's typically someone who is of reasonable mind, and her position at Mako, she's slated to become president, president of Mako. Oh, Ryan, come on. Ryan, I want, Ryan, I want to go back to uh, this, this thread about Easton and Talbot County being the last government-sanctioned outpost of the Confederacy and the economic consequence you know, we're seeing in this in this country right now, in the aftermath of what's happened with George Floyd and, and Brianna and Freddie Gray and uh, Philando Castile and too many others count. We are seeing these these monuments to hate coming down all over the country in one-time Confederate citadels like Mississippi. Hmm. Richmond, the cap, the literal capital of the Confederacy, Charlottesville, Georgia, the, uh, these these local and state governments are taking steps, going through the legislative process to take down their statues and monuments and placards. We saw it an hour from here, where um, Wicomico County Executive Bob Culver, in one of his last public acts before his tragic death, removed the General Winder plaque. Uh, from the grounds of the uh, county administration, bu- county administrative building, 
And why is that happening? Yeah, to be sure, we are, we are experiencing a collective awakening in this country, and there's an awareness that didn't always exist. But ultimately, this is coming down to dollars and cents. Mississippi, Georgia, Alabama, Virginia, uh, they, did not want, they did not want to try to compete in a 21st century tourism-based economy uh, with this yoke of Confederate sympathy around their neck. Yes, they made ethical and moral decisions, but I believe they made economic decisions. Because, and, and as Corey said, there are businesses, there are, there are prospective employers, there are entrepreneurs and investors right now that are making very difficult business decisions in Albany County in light of the decision that, the, that was made by a council majority less than two weeks ago. Hmm. Um, uh, Mark. Go ahead, Councilman. No, I, I was just going to say, if, if Lady Antebellum, if Lady Antebellum, one of the biggest groups in, in American music, if Lady Antebellum can drop the Antebellum from their title, right? If NASCAR can ban the flag from being flown at their event, if Mississippi can remove the flag, we remove the, 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 the bars and stars from its, from its flag, from the state flag, but yet Tobacco County can't remove one statue, one statue. Yeah. It, it, it's incredible. It's just mind boggling that we couldn't get that third vote to do that. And it's a good point, Mark. People look at us in the Easton group and say, these guys, why are they commenting? They're annoying. They're not from here. They don't live here. They couldn't possibly understand what it's like to live here. Let us handle it. We're locals. You know, I got that Yahoo, Travis, whatever, you know, basically uh, projecting all of his deep insecurities onto me last night. Deep set. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I'm sorry, buddy. I don't know what spurred that. But how how is it that, and we'll hear this. We'll see it in the group, and whatever the chatter well, might be, you'll say, oh, Foxwell's at it again. He just won't let up. And it's like, well, wait a second here. We... We may not live in Talbot County, and they think that because we don't, we're not from there, we can't possibly understand it. Well, the thing is, we do understand it. That's right. It doesn't. I don't need a regional. I don't need to live somewhere else to feel the pain that something elicits because of a statue erected to honor people who committed treason against the Union and fought in the name of to enslave our brothers and sisters of color. Right, but Ryan, look. I at think my. Look at this call. I mean, we, we have on this call right now, Gaithersburg, Baltimore, Bowie, and Havre Grace represented. All over. We have, right. we have both metropolitan regions of the state covered here. And each and every one of you on that night, I know for a fact, reached out and, and, and contacted me about what happened in Tulsa. Yeah. yeah. Mark, what do you it's, think? It's, it's, it's really strange to me. I think my Mercury may be in retrograde or whatever you call it, but I, you guys are like, like you know, Landon's predicting economic ruin, and Richard's got, you know, a truck and a chain, and he's ready to go. And I'm still in this place of, what about empathy? Like, the feelings for your neighbors. I'll give you a prime example. I know he's in a neighboring district, but I saw on today Facebook, there was a Facebook Live video from Delegate Anderton, mm. who I don't agree with mm. on anything. And I have a master's degree. I, the, the idea of a GED has not been in my life. Yeah. But I had tears in my eyes. We did too. Watching his video yeah. to talk about how impacted he was by that. And I often wanted to drive to his office and say, yeah, buddy, you know, 
that's growing up black in America. You know what I mean? Like that feeling that you always wonder, did I not get that because of this? You know what I mean? Like these are the conversations that, that, that we could have, that we should be having. I, I just, as much as I'm up for a good smash mouth fight, I really regret that this is not the occasion for bringing folks together to say, look, I, I know you don't get it and you don't get it. And but, but let's get to a place that it hurts both of us the least, you know? You know, I, you know, Winnie, yeah. you know, Winnie and I, what's ironic, Winnie and I are from the same neighborhood. We grew up in Cambridge and for years in the, of the Cambridge riots, we had this reputation of being a segregationist backwater. And for a long time, and Winnie, you know this, we carried that yeah. burden with us when we tried to compete for tourists and we tried to rebrand and project a new image. We, you know, uh, our minds would always go back to those days of rage in 1967. Dorchester County, for God's sakes, has turned the page. Uh, you know, Dorchester County has has one of the has one of the nation's deservedly so, fittingly so, preeminent tributes to Harriet Tubman, one of the most consequential women that ever walked the face of the earth, and and that's happening in Dorchester County. And I don't think it's any accident that as that is happening, we're also seeing a revival of downtown Cambridge, with restaurants and bars and museums and galleries, and an infusion of of new investors and, and new home buyers and millennials coming in for the opportunity to buy affordable waterfront property. You're seeing intellectual vibrance in Dorchester County, uh, which at one point was going through the same intellectual trauma that we're going through here in Talbot County. What's gonna happen is those tourist dollars that used to come to Easton if we don't fix this right now, if we don't start rebuilding our brand right now, five minutes ago, they're going to drive right through, go right across that bridge and into Cambridge because Cambridge has turned the page and we have not. Yes. I and that's me to death. As I a, think it, it should be a learning opportunity. Oh, sorry. No, please. No, and, not a, and not a cautionary tale. You know, I mean, I think that's what happened. Well, that is what happened in Dorchester County. Um, there was, there had to be, and there was a lot of painful conversations and there was a lot of work done by, by a lot of people for decades for them to get to this point. Um, but they had to really um, deal with it. You know, they had to deal with the issue. They had to confront the issue. They had to learn from it. And in order to get past it, and, and now they have managed to turn it into an opportunity, a real economic opportunity. And it's gonna be a missed one for Talbot County. You've got two, I think it's been about quarter of a million people have visited the uh, Harriet Tubman Underground Ra Railroad Museum since it's opened. I mean, it is now people from around the world are coming to Dorchester County to uh, pay re their respect and to pay tribute to Harriet Tubman. So this is not the time to dig your heels in. This is a learning moment. This is the time for Talbot County to pivot on this issue and learn <laughs> and to have empathy, like you're saying, Mark, and then you know realize that it's, 
you can you can get through the pain and also um, take advantage of the, the economic opportunities that exist. And I mean, that you, Tolba County is an important link to this story and you want people to go there and, and stop there and, and have their experiences while they're going to Dorchester County and that cross promotion, um, that's very important. Um, excellent point. Richard, as we wrap up this segment and anybody who wishes to, I hope you all stay on because we're going to do some rapid fire topics because there's been so much happening in Maryland politics. Richard, I want to go back to a point that you made. You said something about Andy Harris and Nino Mangione, and we know how this is. We this is it's almost like clockwork every time. It's so inevitable that one of these Republicans in the state, you know, who knows? You might even find someone like Neil Parrott come down <laughs> right, right. to and host some sort of weird rally where nobody's wearing a mask and nobody right. is socially distanced, right. and they're going to rally around this thing. And they're going to do their email blasts and their Facebook. I mean, think about it. Couldn't you see the Kathy Shalegas, God bless her, the uh, the Senate leadership folks? It's I mean, it's like no wonder Andy Serafini wanted the hell out of this. Of, <laughs> I'm serious. He's no, a I, decent, I, I understand. and he's hey, a if, decent man. He's a guy that said, "I am sick of the politics. I've got to get the heck out of here." Could you imagine some of these people coming down to Talbot County and then they're going to say, let's rally behind this thing. These liberals, these progressives, these socialist boxes, AOC, Obama, blah, blah, blah. It's like, but it, we don't, I don't want that. Wait till the, no. e just wait till the no. email blast start. Wait till the email blast start. Wait till you start getting this crap and then it'll get on Fox and then you'll have Kim Klasick come down um, mm -hmm. after her speech that will get three minutes of airtime at the Republican National Convention. It's just like, it doesn't need to be a zoo. And that's what it's going mm -hmm. to become if they don't take care of this. And to the three council members who allowed this to happen, it is you, it is on you, it is your responsibility to take care of the mess that you could have fixed. Mm -hmm. Like Ryan, like you said, like for right now with, we, we I'll call them COVID hoppers, where like people like Neil Parrott, Robin Ficker, who are finding everything that, that, that they think is fun to go do. They're bringing a band of people with them, most of whom I imagine either have gotten COVID or are going to get it. And for branding, for spreading the disease, for all that, they, they, it could not be worse. And for, I mean, and for one, I would never want people coming into my community to celebrate something without masks and spread it nationally as news. Because that, I think, for what Len is talking about, for economic ruin or for economic catastrophe from like really just something silly, something kind of childish, uh, why lose out on enormous amounts of money to allow somebody like Ficker or Parrot or Shalega or Manjoni to come into town and stir up trouble and make your community yeah. look stupid. Yeah, I mean, the next thing you know, you'll have the Dan Cox bandwagon rolling down 50, and then the Trump flags, and then the boats, and then soon enough, they'll take over St. Michael's, and then I won't want to go back. And let me tell you what, don't ruin St. Michael's for me. That's my spot. And that's where I plan to, when I make enough money in my lifetime, that's where I plan to end up. And that's what I told my wife tonight in the car. God forbid that these people ruin St. Michael's for me. That is my spot. I love it. Um, and if I sound elitist, I don't, I don't care. So, um, 
<laughs> yeah, Councilman, go let, ahead. Let, 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 let me just say real quick in response to that. Look, there are still a lot of great people here in Talbot County. Amazing. Don't, don't let that vote of those three council members um, paint the picture that um, they're still not very thoughtful, very caring, very empathetic people here in Talbot County because they are. Um, Foxglove is, is one of them. Um, that really care about their neighbor, that really care about doing the right thing, that really care about um, the things that uh, making the tough decisions. Um, one thing about Talbot County, when me and my wife came here going on 20 years ago, is that I was I was so surprised about the, the level of volunteerism that takes place here in Talbot County. You know, the, the county council, we have over 20 different boards and commissions that are all um, run by volunteers. And those people, they don't get paid to be on those planning commissions and yeah. public works advisory boards and, and tourism boards. They don't get paid to do that. But they come out and they um, they do their homework. They're, they're at meetings. Um, they are, are, are at other meetings that have to take place around the state um, because they care about this place called Talbot County, which is a very special place and dear to my heart. So I just want to say that up front, that, that I hope that um, those visitors who come here um, don't pass us by um, because of, of the vote of, of those three individuals, because there's still a lot of good about this place. There really is. That's a It's a great place, and I know that this, and, and well said, Councilman, I, I trust me, we'll be back soon, and sooner rather than later, within the next two weeks, I know that uh, my wife is celebrating a birthday on September 3rd, and it, it's likely that we're going to travel down to Talbot County, and we're probably going to shack up at uh, maybe the Wilder on Tillman Island, and then we're going to dip over to Two If by Sea and have our favorite Eastern Shore mm. breakfast, maybe some Scrapple, and then we're going to head down to St. Michael's to um, to Lemoncello's for for go to Crab Claw, the go to the Crab Claw, and maybe Awful Arthur's, and then we're going to top it off. Over at Snifters, and I, well, I don't know if they're open yet, Lynn. Are they open? They're going to be reopening in early September. They're totally remodeling the okay. place and well, at the kitchen and all that. Good. It's going to be good. Amazing. So I think that this, this discussion was so important to have, and I don't like to beat up. And look, I got to say this. Laura, she's my friend. I like her. She's been on the show a couple of times, and she's always given me the straight up about what's happening on state politics politics and what's happening with Mako and education. But I got to tell you, it's like, you know, if you if you if you give a vote and then you give some lame excuse about why you take the vote, it's like, come on, you, you have to muster up political courage. And if you truly believe that the statue should still remain, then just say that. I would rather you say that. And so I know where you stand instead of trying to, you know, blow smoke up, you know where and pretending like, come on, right. like don't. Don't condescend us. Don't tell us that. You know, what's the old saying? Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Um, we know what's there going go. on. So um, we'll go ahead and wrap up this discussion. Councilman, it was a pleasure to have you on the show for the very first time. And if you all, and Winnie, of course, you, is I mean, you're welcome anytime. I love to talk about tourism issues. Thank you. We should talk about Washington County tourism issues because there's a lot of good stuff up there. They just got a really weird Republican Central Committee. Um, and uh, Hey, Ryan, can I, can I just say something before Corey gets off? Please? Yes, please. Corey and I have, we've, we've had our ups and downs I agree with with most of the positions he's taken as a council member. There have been times when we've been on opposite sides of the coin and we've had our conversations out everywhere from council chambers to the Acme parking lot. 
but one thing I'll say is I have never, ever, ever doubted Corey Pack's motives. No. This is a man Thank you, Larry. available integrity. Um, if he's taking a position, it's in, it's in his heart. It's a product of his personal experience. And he always feels in his heart and soul like he's doing the right thing for Talbot County. He's doing the best he can. Corey, I love your service. I love you, man. You have a great family. And just keep pushing. Uh, we're all standing behind you because it's important. Councilman, when I come back down you, to appreciate it. Councilman, when I come back down to Talbot, let's get together and, and you can. And I know I've been on a tour. But uh, we can we'll do a t- we'll, we'll maybe take a trek around Easton and uh, can sit outside at one of the delicious restaurants. I'll introduce you to my much much better half. Foxwell can come over and we'll make a we'll make <laughs> yeah, a, an that. evening of it. Let's do that. We can go up to the uh, the, the Freddie Douglas Park on the Tucker Hole. We can take a look at that. Uh, nice. Yeah, I, I, I would love to do that. Yeah. That'll be great. Well, thank you so much. And if you want to, if anybody wants thank to you. stay on uh, the rest, we're going to geek out on some politics. So. <laughs> Yeah. Have fun. Oh. oh, okay. Winnie's gonna, she's gonna drop. Thank off. you so hey, much. Though. All right. Oh, Thanks my least. Oh, my least favorite part. See you, Winnie. All right, Winnie. You, Winnie. Thank you. Thanks again, guys. Bye bye. Hey, it's Ryan. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to a minor detail podcast through iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, or virtually any available podcast directory. And you can find a minor detail on the web at a aminordetail.com. I am interested in your feedback. Email me at ryan at aminordetail.com. And please go ahead and give us a like and subscribe on Facebook and Twitter using the at sign. That is at a minor detail with an E, not an O. That's it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you around.